Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dahman, here today with a very special guest, uh, Nicole Palmer. How are you? I'm well, how are you? No, good, can't complain. Looks nice and sunny outside there. Yeah, a little windy, but good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I think we're promised like 25 degrees this weekend. Really? Yeah, I think so. Going in the right direction. I believe it when I see it though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> how are you holding up? Good, uh, I guess adjusting to life as as whatever we're gonna call normal now. What about yourself? Yeah, okay. Uh, honestly, not not too bad. Um, could be a lot worse, you know. I'm my family back in Ireland. It's way more draconian. It's way more lockdown. Like you can't go two kilometers from your house. You know. Really? Yeah. Police stopping people, seeing where they are, things like that. So wow. yeah, crazy. So I think not you know when you weigh things up it's not too bad yeah it is weird, it is weird. It, yeah it's a very weird time to be around right now i also wonder if they're going to start easing up on our lockdown seeing that other provinces have started yeah i hope so um we need to, like the comfort like sorry the economy needs to move you know we need to generate some money yeah like, just if you look at they're giving about a million people sign on for benefits, you know, like $2,000 a pop. Yeah, I'm really worried. Yeah, really worried to see what this looks like when we have to start repaying this. Yeah, we will. We will. So to give people, I suppose, an overview of the podcast that I haven't listened, basically it's a podcast where we bring on, um, you, you know, professionals, people that have been to some of the events that we host and uh, get them to tell us a little bit about the about themselves. So, you know, you've been to a load of our events and, uh, you know, thank you so much for that. And really, really happy and um, really happy you were able to come on. So would you be able to tell people a little bit about yourself maybe that don't know you and uh, give, uh, give our listeners an insight to a little bit about your background? Yeah, do we want the long version or the short version? Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want. Just make it good. <laughs> First, I want to say uh, thank you for having me on the show, but thank you for also inviting me to the events. I've met just the best people. Uh, the network there is, is, has been perfect for helping grow my business, and I hope I've been able to help other people as well. So thank you for the experience. Yeah, um, A little bit about myself. I guess I started my career, my profession off, as a teacher. So for seven and a half years, I taught deaf and hard of hearing children from kindergarten through grade five in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And as soon as I started teaching, I knew I would not be in the teaching position for a long time. The children are wonderful. Being in a classroom is so fun. But the, the, the government, the policies, you know, the bureaucracy just wasn't for me. Um, I think just the slow nature of, of how governments run kind of deterred me from, from achieving what I wanted to achieve. And, and I think all entrepreneurs would feel that, that same way because as entrepreneurs, we love moving fast. We love solving problems. We don't want to wait a year or two to find out solutions. So um, teaching didn't work out for me. I mean, for seven and a half years I did. And then I received a, a master's degree in evaluation and measurement through the University of Saskatchewan while I was teaching full time. Um, so really focused on statistics and then attempted to do uh, a PhD, um, but didn't, did not accomplish that. <laughs> and, um, once I quit teaching, we moved to California and we started growing Picketic. So that was the ticketing company, which was sold 
um, Eventbrite acquired that company in 2018. And I guess maybe back up a little bit before that as well. So while we were growing Picatech, I started my own growth marketing company. Um, so really focusing on analytics, uh, user behavior, all the, the data metrics to move companies further ahead. And also wrote 50 children's books in that time. I guess we're, we're at about 70 some now, but yeah, we had 50 children's books at the time. And my husband and I are just about to launch our other company, so. Yeah. Is that, you know, on a need to know basis, can you tell us a little bit about that or no? Oh, I, for sure I can tell you about it. No, <laughs> it's not a secret. It's, uh, my husband and I have started this company about tongue scraping. So do you know what tongue scraping is? No. No. Okay. So every night and every, well, every morning when you wake up, you have a layer of disgusting film on your tongue. It's full of toxins, it's odor. So we may, tongue scraping has been around for a while, but we, we kind of changed it, um, made it a little more funky, a little more sexy. And so we have tongue scrapers coming out. So you can remove this gross film from your tongue. Wow. Yeah. When is that going to uh well we were hoping for may but obviously with covid we're a little bit pushed back so we're hoping now probably july we're just getting um some product feedback back and we're still working with our manufacturers so hopefully july cool yeah. and what's the game there sell them and then uh who are the big toothbrush manufacturers here they get one of those guys to buy you out yeah, I don't think we're looking for an acquisition on this one. I mean, who know who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm. I think my husband and I are more so along the lines of actually living that four-hour work week. I think we've both pushed very hard in life. Him and I have both worked since we were fifteen, usually five, six jobs at a time, or the the startup life, which is you know twenty hours a day. And I think we're more so looking to have that. Uh, little bit calmer life. We have a six-year-old uh, more focus on him than growing a business to be acquired right now. Family is everything. Yeah. So you were seven and a half years teaching and then you went to, you know, a totally different world. Can you tell us a little bit about, a little bit, a little bit of like how the transition was for you? I don't, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there was a transition. I uh, somehow miraculously at the time I was engaged to my husband, we weren't married yet, and I asked him to quit his job teaching because he had been teaching for 12 years. And I asked him to move to Phoenix with me. And he said yes, and we got to Phoenix and neither of us wanted to live in Phoenix. I wanted to do a PhD there. Um, and so we decided that since we didn't have jobs anymore and since we really had nothing to lose, that we would try growing Picatick. He, he had been growing Picatick for a while in Saskatoon, but as you can imagine, um, back in 2008, it was a little bit harder to get startups going outside of Silicon Valley. So we moved to San Francisco and we started getting mentored by the best and the brightest. We were part of C100. It was incredible. And then we moved to Toronto so that we could be in an accelerator. Um, and so we were an accelerator at Toronto. And from Toronto, we moved to Manhattan um, so that we could continue to grow the business. And while we were growing Picatick, I realized that I really enjoyed marketing. Marketing um, kind of brought all, all of my degrees together. So the teaching, um, communication, plus all the data and analytics. So I started working for some companies in Manhattan. And then we found out we were expecting our child. So we moved the whole team to Vancouver and we settled on living in Vancouver. 
And then from here, I guess what really started the transition for me was just seeing that I could run a business because I had never been in the business setting before. So really it was just a leap of faith that I could get a business off the ground and keep it going for a year. And as soon as we started, it was, it was just off to the races. As soon as we got one client, we got two from two. All of a sudden we had 20 at one point. So this is great. Wow. Yeah. Did your clients, um, you kept the same clients as you moved from, and, and your marketing company as you moved from city to city? Was it all remote? No, no, no. So when I, when I was working in New York, I was actually working for some companies. One of the companies I worked for was Workfolio, um, a wonderful company. Um, Charles started it and I was working for his company. Um, but at the same time, I was still getting to um, be involved in Picketic. I was still doing the writing at the time. I was doing the marketing for Picketic. So I just, I wanted to go down that marketing path a little bit further. So when we moved to Vancouver, that's when I decided to start my own company. But before I started my own company, I worked for a couple of um, digital marketing companies in Vancouver just to see what worked well, what didn't work well, what I liked, what I didn't like. It was great. Yeah. And you said you, you took it from, you know, a couple of um, customers to, you know, 20 customers in, in a very short period of time. How, how short was the time? Yeah. So the first year we had, I think, four customers and then year two we blew up. So year one was a grind for sure. Year one was um, just word of mouth giving a lot of value add, sort of showing people what we could do for them. And then in year two, I think word of mouth went around and we accelerated quickly. And then I met an incredible lady named Anastasia Hambly, and she got me into be one of the teachers at um, the BC Technology Accelerator. And so from there, we just expanded quickly, which was great. And it was fun because I got to teach again. So all my worlds collided yet again. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you, uh, do you, you still run that company? Yeah, so I still have the growth marketing company. I still have, uh, just launched the children's books actually this uh, March, I think, no, uh, January. We, we finally did a launch and we got picked up with um, Kohl's and Chapters and Indiegogo, which was incredible. And then COVID happened, so we're just, yeah. we're looking into what that looks like moving forward for sure. Um, and then, yeah, and then the Tongue Screen Feed Company, which is about to come out. So. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'll send you one as soon as I get one. I'd love to, I'd love to enjoy it, actually. <laughs> but then you're going to have to do a video. You're going to have to actually be brave enough to show uh, people what it looks like. No. <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, I'll fly. Yeah. So yes. when we initially um, met ourselves at one of the events, I think we, we talked about charities. So you, you do a lot of charity work. Can you tell us a little bit about the charity work that you're doing? I guess that's probably on hold right now as well. Well, yes, because we can't get together, but um, my husband and I are big believers in you have to give as much as you take, if not more. Um, so our whole lives, we give back. When I first moved to Vancouver, I was on the Vancouver Aquarium, um, Toast to the Coast Gala. So I was a co-chair of that with Brianna Blaney. Uh, we broke records. It was incredible. But I also feel that after a few years, you kind of have to change roles and grow and get out because otherwise things become stagnant. So left uh, Toast to the Coast and then went to BC Women and Children's. That's an event that is near and dear to my heart because when our son was born, he needed um, a lot of help. He was born pretty early and he had to spend a week in NICU. Um, 
and the doctors and nurses there are just incredible. And then this year I decided to, to go down a, a rabbit hole. Um, art is something new to me. I'm starting to appreciate it a little bit more and just seeing how, how it just spruces up a community and the conversations it brings to the community. And so I decided to help the Vancouver Art Gallery and very excited to continue helping them. But we are on hold until probably 2021. Yeah. 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 So what, what are the general day-to-day -day changes I suppose you're seeing in your life, especially in, in business with the way things are? You know, it's been, I'm, I'm sure you've seen many changes too. It's a very weird time for me. I see some clients completely uh, kicking ass and taking names right now. Their growth has been exponential in the last two months. And then we've also had some clients that have already declared bankruptcy. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just a roller coaster day to day. We, we never know what's coming. Um, and, and I guess now we're just expecting the unexpected. We're trying to help as much as we can. And I, I guess the biggest question mark for me is just what, what will this look like coming out of this? Right? So some of the customers we're helping now, I wonder, you know, how do we continue helping? Because once the economy opens up again, what will spending habits look like? What will behavioral patterns look like? What will consumers want? And, and I also am a little bit worried for, for how much money consumers will have moving forward because I think this is really a lot bigger than most of us want to admit. Um, I mean, you can't keep an economy down for two months and, and have a lot of bailouts and think everything's going to be fine. So I'm a little bit hesitant to see what tomorrow brings. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. I'm talking yeah. to some people, and they're it's like they're trying to fool themselves. They're saying, Yeah, you know, everybody's pent up, everybody's ready to go, but it's just going to be ready, steady, stop, in my opinion, because we've all the government are writing checks that they can't cash in. Our, I know we needed to go into lockdown, but it seems like our, our uh, preventative measure was a communist draconian lockdown, you know. And feed people no and they had to do it because people would die and people still died so it's crazy but um you mentioned that some of your customers are you know kicking ass taking names and other ones are, are you know declaring bankruptcy unfortunately yeah. why are some kicking ass and taking names or what industries are, are, are those companies in yeah so the ones that are doing incredibly well right now are in the health sector so anybody who's kind of in the health sector, um, if you're a personal trainer at home, anything to do with gym, uh, some gardening has been taking off, right? Because people are at home with more time on their hands, so learning more about gardening and how to feed a family. So those are the sectors I see really picking up. The ones that I see really slowing down, obviously, are the healthcare sectors where you have to see somebody. So you have to see a dentist, an optometrist. Um, so on and so forth. You can't run a business if you can't see your clients. Car companies, um, yeah. that one's kind of a, a double-edged sword because car companies I see uh, suffering a little bit more and, and I don't know how you're doing um, on your side of the business, I'd love to hear, but I see resales of cars. Like uh, resales of cars. So people who are trying to get out of their cars, trying to get rid of their leases for discounted prices, I see that upticking. So it's 
yeah, it's a little double-edged sword. How are you guys doing? Well, it's kind of strange because it's only by appointment and the cars that I sell, the customers don't want to look flashy. Some of them have just laid off 50 employees. They still have the money, but they don't want to upset those employees. They don't want their neighbors to see them driving around in a new car because everybody is, is unemployed. Um, and also you can't go on a test drive because you can't sit beside a guy on the car. So it's weird. I forgot about that part, right. Yeah, yeah. So we just opened our dealership for appointments only. Okay. Um, but no appointments yet. But you just, just have to wait. It's the way that things are. Um, and just be positive. Keep picking up the phone and whatever happens, happens. You know, nobody's going to starve. Unfortunately, people are, people are getting sick and people are dying and it seems to be the elderly, but people aren't starving and, you know, we live in a country where the government are taking care of people's health as priority number one. So that's a plus. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I read. I'm very concerned about, about the bill we pay when this is over, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I ran, I ran five kilometers this morning. And to think that I couldn't in Australia, like I couldn't do that in Ireland, you know? Oh. I, I, I could run outside my house for five kilometers, but I couldn't, I can't leave more than two kilometers. So, you careful, know. The, careful the, running around Vancouver. I went for a run the other night and I got hit by a car. Yeah, it was early, but we go on the seawall, so not too many uh, cars there. There you go. No, no need to worry about a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. So the health sectors and... Um, fitness, you saw that you see those sectors still retaining a bit of business and even growing. Growing, I see them growing. Yeah, That's which is which is incredible. I see um, real estate. Some of the people that I help with real estate, um, Vancouver seems to be unfazed right now in terms of people still buying houses. Um, but in other provinces like Alberta has slowed down, Saskatchewan has slowed down. Um, and I, I think that Saskatchewan, you could only sell a house um, when, when they were in lockdown. You could only sell a house if it was necessary, such as there was a death in the family, you were moving, or divorce. Not just because you wanted to sell your home. But they might have lifted those restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, you know? Yeah. I recently moved, um, well, looked to move apartments, and similar to that, I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't view some apartments. They wanted to do Zoom videos, and I wouldn't even rent an apartment. You know, um, through a Zoom video, try and go and buy a house for you know in Vancouver downtown for you know seven hundred thousand to you know three million, whatever. There's no way. Yeah. You gotta go out and see it. How was moving in COVID? So my brother owns a uh, moving company. So. I'm just, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm fine. What don't you and your brother do? <laughs> you guys probably had beer at the end later too already on tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I want to do is, uh, I probably shouldn't say this on recording, but there's a UFC on at the weekend. It's like the first live sporting event. And he obviously has the, my brother on some, some pubs. So I, I want to go in and, you know, watch the, watch the, pub, watch, watch the fight in, in the pub on my own or, you know, with a few small people, but I won't be able to. Well, We'll couldn't see. you though? If it's just like <laughs> your brother, couldn't you have like a six foot social distancing party? 
I think so, but I don't want DC Laker knocking on the door on Saturday. So let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> like revoked or anything like that. Yeah. So what about you guys? What are you guys doing to pass the time? Um, well, we are both working full time, plus we are teaching full time. So we're trying to teach our son English and French because he is in a French immersion school. I decided to take up running, but alas, my dreams were cut short when I, you know, kissed a car. Um, oh, did you really? Shit. No, I really was hit by a car. That wasn't a joke. I was, I was walking across the street and, um, some lovely, I, I spoke to him after, but some lovely man who was just out trying to do deliveries was looking at his phone, trying to find an address and he didn't see me and he hit me. Oh and I was walking, like after a cool down, after running and he just like, yeah. So that was an interesting Saturday night, I guess. And uh, ambulance came, police came, first responders. It was very dramatic for, I walked away, no problem. It was very dramatic for, seen on hand but yeah so um attempted to take up running we do a lot of hiking in north van we yeah. i avoid the seawall so we're right on the seawall um but it's so full when you're out there don't you see so many people uh yeah quite a lot yeah. if i go for a walk in the evenings it's it's it's, it's yeah. quite a lot of people yeah so i don't go on the seawall anymore we take the car we take our bikes up to North Van, and we go find some hidden gems and some paths up there, and they're all relatively empty, which is great. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and then started cooking again. I don't know. Decided to start cooking everything like everybody else: fresh bread, fresh muffins. <laughs> good times. Hey, cookbooks, yeah, cookbooks. That would have been a good business. Yeah, for sure, cookbooks would be a great one to do. Um, what do you think the major changes are going to be when we get when we get past it? You, you're a person who has their fingers on the pulse, you know, so what, what, what do you think? Well, I think everything changes after this. I think there is no going back to normal. And I really hope I'm wrong. Like, I really hope that I'm wrong in my predictions. But I think that coming out of this, the economy isn't going to be what people thought it was going to be. I see a lot of people who still don't have jobs. So... I see everything changing, right? I think a lot of big businesses now will start questioning whether or not they need the big office space. So office space downtown will probably look different because so many people now, even, even the people who are very hesitant to work from home now don't want to go back to the office. Mm. You know, like now I hear a lot of people saying, I'm so productive at home. Nobody interrupts me. I'm, I'm flowing. So I think businesses will be different downtown. I think travel will be 100% different. Also for the fact that I don't think there's going to be as many business meetings needed face-to-face -face after we've been in lockdown for two, maybe three months. I don't think business businesses will need to spend the money getting teams together quite like they did. So the travel industry will change. Um, Airbnb is doing a lot of layoffs right now. So I think the sharing economy will also drastically be impacted. Also, because after this, if there's still no vaccine, do you really want to go get in a shared car or get in a shared space mm -hmm. in a house, you know? So I think everything looks different coming out of this. I'm excited to see it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Everything that you said is totally poignant. Airbnb is going to see crazy changes, Uber, Lyft, like even... Yeah, it's weird. You know, if you order some food, the delivery guys are showing up in what looks like hazmat suits. You can't blame them. They're meeting yeah. 
so many people every day. Yeah. It's going to be it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, what advice would you give to somebody uh, starting off, say someone who was in your shoes at you know 18, 19 years of age in this climate and, and moving forward? What, what advice would you give them? Value add. Make sure that every interaction you have, you're value adding. Make sure you're leaving people with so much more than they expect. Make sure that you're offering help and make sure that you're connecting with people authentically for sure so just value add be authentic yeah but also create value like make sure to give people something and and never have a hidden agenda behind that just share what you can with who you can and if you can improve somebody's life or their business then awesome if it comes back to you awesome but don't worry about that mm -hmm. thank you very much yeah thank you on. yeah we're, we're uh we're, we're all done so if people want to find um you know some of your charity partners online or some of your websites, where can they go? Vancouver Art Gallery, BC Women and Children's Foundation, okay. uh, Toast of the Coast, the, um, I don't know what the, what the Vancouver um, Aquarium is going to look like. looks like they're in a little bit of trouble. Hopefully they can stay online. And if you want to find me, NicolePalmer.com. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Sean. See you on again on the other side. <laughs> Bye. Thanks everybody for listening. That's the end of our episode. Tune in again next week for another future podcast.